says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to a bonus instant incident. Well, it's not an instant incident, it's the double reaction podcast, I suppose. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. A very bleary 4020 after <laughs> the scraps of sleep in the wake of our grand final qualifier victory. Joining me to break down the, um, I'm not going to say miracle, because that would that would imply divine providence, but the incredible show of resilience that we saw last night as my good mate 60s. I know you didn't sleep much last night, big fella. How are you holding up? Oh, mate, it's you can probably hear from the voice that um, it was a big night last night. Uh, we're recording this now because it wasn't possible. <laughs> it just wasn't possible. We tried, and and people might hear what we did record last night and think they can hear us pretty clearly, but uh, we couldn't hear each other. Um, we, you know, uh, Steve Eller was trying his best. The noise in the room was just far too much. And, and look, to be fair, it was a tall order to expect people to be listening to us when everyone's singing and dancing and taking photos and, uh, you know, cheering and 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 i mean we're talking about a, a period that's you know starting to get towards half an hour after full time and it was still like that yeah uh we saw the scenes outside the club when we left a couple of hours later um yeah it, yeah. Was, it was something else I'm, for, for those you know, that weren't there it looked like the uh the pro shop the the gear shop had been ransacked such was the run on run on merchandise after the win out the front there was hundreds of people gathered around with drums and chanting going on for hours the the horns were up in jack's bar and grill for a good i want to say two hours after the game or thereabouts and just non-stop horns even driving back down uh through Parramatta on my way to the m4 just everyone was running around like maniacs tooting their horns cheering flags so fair to say this one meant just a little bit to the, oh, blonde, mate, the what about army. what about the, what about the tears inside the club last night. Yeah. I mean, we we were in the indoors part, obviously, because we that that was um, that was our gig last night. Um, but yeah, just the just the tears and and you know people that you barely knew coming over and hugging you and crying. Wow, just, <laughs> yeah, just, wow, indeed, just 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 wow. And um, uh, and I don't want to come back to um. It, it, at halftime, I was I was talking to Steve Eller, and uh, he said, "Mate, we're we're in this because it's you know the the scores are level. We've made lots of mistakes. Uh, bunker calls haven't gone our way, um, and you know, like it's just they just get it together in the second half, and and we can do this. And um, and then he said, "Let me let me share you some with." something with you that Jack Gibson said to us when we were behind in a final. He said, well, he said, just walked, he walked into the sheds and all he said was, well, you got 40 minutes to turn this around and a lifetime to think about it. And um, he said, that's, that's all they need to be thinking. They got 40 minutes to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, that they certainly did because as we're about to talk about, the completion rates in that second half yes. were phenomenal in those conditions. Let's yeah. just stipulate this. Let's emphasize this. In those conditions last night, mate, 
it was just that yeah extraordinary extraordinary and the that and the effort that scramble defense that was there the desperation to keep the the cowboys out um this is this is a team that's united and focused and we're not going to get out ahead of ourselves look we are deliriously happy to be in a grand final um but I guess can we allow the players to be deliriously happy today? Probably not, because we want them quickly turning around. They enjoyed last night's win, but then quickly turn yeah, around yeah. and be focused right now on what, what exactly the job you, you have the night to celebrate, and now you've got to channel that energy a hundred percent, like maximize that that transition, that transformation into hitting the ground running this week. It's it's unfortunately the cruel I say cruel reality. I mean, obviously the players aren't going to trade in what they, you know, that they're shot at the grand final now. But they've only got a small window to celebrate because now you lock in and you're either taking on the best team of the last three years in the Penrith Panthers, or the team that holds the ascendancy over you psychologically in the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And obviously they're going to probably get together and watch this game tonight as we record on the Saturday to. Await, see who, or see who awaits them rather in the grand final. But yeah, the, the locking in process has already started for these boys. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, mate. We're, I, I feel like today I'm almost we're almost flying by the seat of our oh, hands. Oh, we've had a doubt. We've had a doubt. It's a can I can I throw something to you, mate? Can can we make some random calls to people as part of this podcast? <laughs> I'm throwing this to you. You know nothing about this. Like I, I, I wanna I wanna call some of our TCT mates through this just to get there and, and just surprise them. You know, have them answer the phone and say, uh, mate, you're on the podcast right now. Well, it's that sort of, uh, it's that, that sort of weekend, I suppose. It uh, it has to be, mate. It has to be. Can we try to call Mitch right now? Let's All let's right. let's get Mitch on there. Let's get the old phone unlocked. Where is M? All right, here we go. Got the dial tone working. Hey, mate. Hey, big fella. Uh, surprise guest on an extra edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast, mate. Oh, you're on, mate. You're on. You've been recorded. <laughs> how, how good. I, I might be lying in bed with my three sons right now. But, uh, well, uh, is there a better way to celebrate a win like that, mate, than having a family with to sleep in? Well, we've just watched the full game replay. We just watched the uh, mini. We might move down to the KO five minute bike <laughs> version and then just keep rotating through that for the next uh, twenty four to forty eight yeah, hours. It, it sure feels like that. I know I got home late last night and went straight into the uh, Fox Mini and you know going back through all the big moments in this game. Sixties and I was just talking about that gut wrenching feel when Murray Talangi scored in the fifty second minute and then Val Holmes ices the conversion, make it an eight point lead. Jim Val Holmes can kick a ball. Oh, my word. Could, could he not? Like, could he just not be such a good, good goal kicker and field goal kicker? And thankfully, we took the latter out of the equation in this particular game. But wow. Uh, yeah. The, the emotional lows when we created out in that 54th minute to hitting back with Reg for the double was a, a wild ride. Yeah, I actually realised how little of the game I actually was able to process until I watched the replay. And I just realised how good. Look, I knew Sean Lane was really good, and he's, he's probably my. My three, um, my two, um, I would suggest was was Gutherson. I thought Madison, um, just little things in the middle. His passing game, his running game, he, he made a steady when we needed to be. I thought he was excellent too. So, just mate, I, I've got to I've got to ask you now because your your love for uh, Maddo 
is well mm. documented. There's a there's a there's a genuine passion there for him, but what sort of inroads has Sean Lane made into your heart this year? <laughs> Honestly, it's, he he was the uh, redheaded stepchild at the beginning of the season for a lot of people, and he's just honestly, and I've said this, and I'm certainly not alone in saying so that that he has to be our player of the year. Um, he's I've never seen. What was the last time we saw a transition from, you know, a, a tired sort of uh, work rate of a player or a workman of a player, I should say, uh, to someone who, honestly, he's he's not just the best back row in our team. He's he could be close to the best back row in the competition. Yeah, and mate, people were calling for him, and I will say, people, including myself, that can we get Sean Lane off the field? I, I was screaming that, you know, in early rounds this season. Probably it, it was crazy, wasn't it? Because last night you watched us just go to him, go back to the world time after time, and wherever he got the ball with a little bit of momentum or, or flat-footed, he just tore into the line and was gashing them for post-contact metres for offloads, and it all culminated in that critical pass, or I say pass, offload or try assist to Mike Acevo on the 64th minute. I, I, I don't remember if it was Vossi or Brandy, but it was just exclaiming. It was about 10, 15 ago. They said every time it goes to Sean Lane, something happens. Yeah. And just, and, and you know, culminated by that partial charge down at the end yeah. where he just points his gigantic arm in the air and, um, yeah, salutes to the sky. Three minutes to go and somehow we hold on. Uh, how, talk, talk to us about your emotions last night, mate, because um, I think it's fair to say that at the club, 40 and I lost it. Like, I... I I don't remember hugging so many strangers <laughs> and, and, and and sharing tears. Um, it was just um, uh, just a, a sight that I I just dreamt about happening. So I, I feel like I've been through surgery or something. You know what I mean? It's waking up groggy the morning after, just not comprehending the amount of energy that go into something like that. And then I said this to a couple of people last night. I said I'm actually. A, a rational, logical person. There's just this whisper of my personality that's completely unhinged. Um, but it was, it was uh, very, very emotional uh, watching the game. Um, even, even now watching it, knowing what the outcome is, um, it, it was just absolutely surreal. I, I don't understand how Eels fans got through 80 minutes of that. And if you wanted to create a game that would tear your heart out for minutes. <laughs> that, that was tailor-made, wasn't it, for the Cowboys to cross and a Valentine Holmes conversion to break at, our at hearts. At any point, five minutes to go, yep. three minutes to go, and the last 70 seconds when it, Moses kicks a dead and, and tackle for, set. All, for all money, it's going dead in the field of play and it just breaks to the goal line. Yep. I, my wife and I said, this is it. This is the point where the Cowboys will score. Oh, they're going to do it now. Okay, that's the reason they do it. Oh, it's that kick, it's that drop, it's that missed tackle. Um, just... and. Not even game of inches, game of millimetres. Bailey Simonson slows down Scott Drinkwater for an iota of a second, um, five metres out, and Eels players rush in and make the tackle. Yep. Um, Reed Marnie slips over. It's only Dylan Brown and must have been Papalihi on that side. Just Oh, no, I think it was Madison. Um, jump all over the uh, – who was it running inside? I think it was maybe Dearden or um, – yeah, yeah Dearden, had, Dearden, had, Dearden had a surge towards a try line in that last, oh. that last tilt. And then obviously Mike Acevo at the end with the big push, getting Kyle Felton to touch. Honestly, honestly, it's a very joyous moment in my life. I'm getting PTSD just talking about it. It's just, honestly, what a... It'd be nice to to have a Raiders sort of preliminary final again every week. I could get two of them in a row, mate. I was saying to everyone at the LC last night, uh, not so good for the heart, but good for the soul, that sort of win. Very good.
good for the soul. Anyway, um, actually, interesting question. I'll turn the question on the YouTube boys. Tonight we got Panthers South. A lot of people, when they're listening to this, will probably have known the result of that game. Um, who who are you going for? Who do you think is Eels' best chance to um, raise the trophy? I'll let you take the answer first, Sixties, and I'll come in after. Yeah, see, I've got two points of view on this. Mm. Um, I, there's a part of me that after the scenes up at Penrith the other week, would love to see them bow out without getting yep. to the grand final. Um, yep. Yep. But it's yeah. also, that's the emotional part of me. That's the, that maybe it's the vindictive part of me, it, which it doesn't suit people to be that way, but I've got that little, I've got that little edge there. Um, if I'm logical, completely logical, I would suggest, I, I would say that history says we str- struggle so badly against South. For whatever reason it is, they're just the way that they are able to structure their backline play that we've never been able to get a handle on. I mean, mind you, I think we've changed our defensive structure so much. I was so going to say, we've responded yeah, it, our defensive structure since that, that round, what was it, 19? Yeah, yeah but we, we, we changed it before then, but we just weren't good at it. So mm. I'd watch them change it at training and working on that slide and, and, and great communication in it. Um, but that I think that communication in it, the uh, the fact that there were players that were still would still fall back into old habits, um, uh, it just wasn't ingrained enough. And and let's face it, which if you're talking about a change of defensive systems, to do it during the season, um, and and to get all the players getting it right straight away, well, it's not going to happen. So um, yeah, so there's there's a part of me that still you know has that concern about South. And that, and that maybe it's going to be uh, would be best for us to play Penrith. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those games where I'm just going to sit back and go, you know what? I can't do anything about who wins. Parramatta oh, can't do anything about who wins. Absolutely, so, that's the crap out of all one another. Yeah, no one's going to get suspended, obviously. But if we can, um, yeah, get uh, you know, seventeen, thirty-four guys to bash the crap out of one another, and and. You know, play 118 minutes or something. It would be delightful. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's what I can hope for, mate. I think you've you've managed to find that that something I can hang hang the hat on for uh, you know what I want for tonight. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think the, I think out of being emotionally distant about the game tonight. I think the Penrith Panthers are objectively just the better team, but that doesn't yeah. always translate to the victor. You know, football can be very weird like that. In terms of the psychological advantage that Souths hold over us, I mean, it's impossible to deny, but this has been the season where the Eels have gotten so many monkeys and grills off their back and it, perhaps talking about a storybook finish, I don't know which one's more compelling, beating your Western Sydney rivals in what is you know a crazy amount of matches in one year. You know, Meeting each other five times, including the preseason, is just insane. Or getting that team that's just got the ascendancy over you getting them in the big match. So I, I honestly think whoever the Eels play this, they know that it's about 80 minutes, you know, and if you go into extra time, obviously throwing in those tacked on minutes there, but 80 minutes of Parramatta football, just digging deep, playing hard, and they, they can get either of these two teams. Yeah, I think Penrith are the more formidable opposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we have, I acknowledge that we've beaten them twice and a couple of times uh, prior to that. Uh, we are a little bit of their bogey team, but they are just, uh, they're just a machine. Oh, well, they are they're so the well-rounded. Surgical, precision, just operation. Um, 
and hats off to them. Look, I, I don't love a lot of things about Penrith, but I do certainly respect how they play football. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect how they bring their juniors through and they plug gaps. Um, I respect, you know, I think they deserve a brand new stadium as well. I don't know how many Eagles fans will be happy for me to say that. Um, <laughs> I And I think Souths are the much more unpredictable and it might be something like they play the game of their life tonight. They knock out the Penrith Panthers and then they're just as off their game next week. They've got... Um, defensive deficiencies out wide, and I'll certainly acknowledge that Parramatta has, has the same, but I think there's opportunities for us to go against South, regardless of the, um, what is it, eight or nine losses in a row we've now faced against South. So, um, look, I, I think from, if my wearing my blue and gold glasses, I'll be cheering for South tonight, mm-hmm. um, just because I think they're a little bit more right for the plucking, despite the fact that South rightfully have the wood completely over us. Um, and I think either game will go into as underdogs. Oh yeah, I think the bookie's going to put us as outsiders either way. Yeah, yeah. Well, not with not with the support. I reckon we'll have the majority of the support either either team we um, face. Uh, it's unfortunate that they do lock out the um, group grand final tickets. It's smart, of course, because it'd be sold out before yeah. <laughs> Penrith or South have been it if they're in the grand yes. final. But uh, it'll be interesting Monday at ten a.m. when it opens back up. Yes, Anyone's got the... tickets? I'll be very very keen to purchase them off you, Tigers. I mean, um, Cowboys, not Tigers. Good luck, um, Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys fans who wanted to pass them on or either South or Penrith fans who want to offload them, you hit me up in my DMs. I'll be happy to purchase them off you. <laughs> uh, mate. Well, look, mate, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, completely unannounced. On You know, we, we you were had no idea this was happening. As you said, you, you're laying there on bed, on the bed watching the, watching the replays with your, with your boys. Um, yep. Isn't it a beautiful day today? It might be a bit cloudy, but I'm sure the sun is shining it's in paradise. Best, best weather I've ever seen. Actually. <laughs> you know what? I've got. I've got actually. Forty. You said something that gave me a bit of a, a prompt for an article idea. All of the we've never done before or haven't done in a long time that Parramatta have broken through this year. I'm thinking of uh, Raiders have never lost uh, before the preliminary finals. Mm-hmm. We don't beat the Raiders in Canberra. Um, Cowboys have never lost a preliminary final. Melbourne and Melbourne. Cowboys. Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, Cowboys don't lose in Townsville. Parramatta haven't beaten in Townsville since 2017. There's just this huge list of Penrith haven't lost in the regular season. Parramatta never beat the good teams. Parramatta are no longer flat track bullies. Parramatta are crap in the last 10 minutes. Parramatta are terrible in the first 10 minutes. All of these things that we've turned and completely flipped the narrative this year, I think it's very much worth uh, an investigation. And then look, Parramatta never win a grand final. Maybe that'll be the last script that, that is we the last in one. 2022. Yep. The final frontier. And, and what about the beauty of uh, BA calling himself a bush coach <laughs> on the Channel 9 coverage? <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy the uh, bush coach reference from our from our man BA. Look, I thought he's taken it really well. Probably the best thing that I've seen from the Eels this whole postseason is just it's two more to go, one more to go. And yep. players were walking around still absolutely exhausted. They looked straight at the camera and said, Job's not done, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. and that's that's the mark of a Parramatta team I haven't seen maybe before. Um, we've all heard those stories of the two thousand and one Eels side against the Newcastle Knights. They went into the grand final breakfast absolutely crapping themselves, and that's apparently the point. The Knights knew that they had us. Um, it doesn't strike me that that'll be a problem for the twenty twenty two team. They've got their eyes firmly fixed on the prize, and um, yeah, whatever happens, I look forward to seeing it unfold. Absolutely, mate. Well, thanks for putting up with us, nagging you for 
you know, a good five to ten minutes while you're recovering from last night. We'll uh, touch base though through the week, mate. Always appreciate a chat about the uh, Eels, particularly a day after a victory like that. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll chat to you soon. Love you, big fella. See you, guys. Cheers, mate. Bye. Okay, mate, it's time to get on to the phone to Spiro right now. Right okay, the show rolls on. We're going to get Spiro on. Make sure I press the bit, the button and don't fat finger. So if I fat finger, who am I calling? My cousin or an old school friend? So let's go to Spiro. Hello. Hello. How you doing, big fella? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> Honestly, it's so you surreal. Didn't... I just cannot believe it. <laughs> Mate, we're, we're, we're dialing in all our mates. Uh, record, they're putting you on the spot in the podcast. I know you're a regular in the, in the news podcast, mate, but you're not expecting a call on Saturday morning. To no say you're on the you're on the instant. Well, it's not instant reaction. It's we a, tried the secondary reaction. reaction yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, boys, boys, I I can't believe it. You don't want to know what time I went to bed. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got a, we've got a good idea because yeah, both of us are operating on a handful of uh, minutes, if if an hour or two of sleep. Oh, well, no, it's not. There is no minutes. It's, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to uh, save I, myself. <laughs> Mate, I, I tried to put the head on the pillow at about quarter to four and I put all the devices well away from me because they were going off from the notifications. <laughs> ding, ding, but ding, I still ding, just ding, ding. And it woke me up this morning. I mean, I, my phone's going off. I don't think my phone's ever gone off. It's like, you know, after the game, I'm sitting there at work and my phone, the messages are just rolling in. People I haven't heard from in a long time reaching out and um, it's just – very surreal. Uh, it hasn't sunk in yet. For me, it hasn't sunk in. I think it'll probably take another maybe 24 hours for it to feel real. When they bring up the matrix of, you know, the teams and the parts of the grand final and you see Parramatta there, you just these are real pinch-yourself moments. And yes. I, people use that cliche a lot and people have used that to me. You know, you must pinch yourself, you must pinch yourself. But this is the first time that really it's a pinch-yourself moment for me. Oh well, look, we've got a we've got a big week coming up ahead of us. Oh, let me just say too quickly, we had, we had one of our our listeners from Germany that was at the club last night and came over I and introduced himself and said, yeah, <laughs> said he normally listens from Germany. He wanted to come over and say good day. So we had, yeah, uh, well, the funny, the funny in the comments. I actually saw him comment on the uh, our pod from earlier this week, mm-hmm. and he yep. said to, to look out for you guys. And I was wondering if um, if you guys would bump into him. So how good is that? Yeah, awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. You know, just having that international flavour. Uh, you know, showing just how big the outreach is for the Parramatta Eels. But yeah, Spiro. Oh, oh and and mm. the and the Cumberland Throw podcast, mate. Don't forget about that. <sighs> I wish I was in Parramatta last night. I was seeing the vision come in. I spoke to Michael Chambers from the Sydney Morning Herald. He actually lives around the corner from <laughs> Parramatta League. I feel I feel sorry for him <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, we, the you know, his phone, his phone actually, um, it actually ran out of battery. So I tried calling him a few times, texting him, and then he called me back and he said, call my dad's number because I'm with my dad and my young son and we're soaking it up. He's a Penrith fan. I, I believe Michael's a Penrith fan, but he said, we just had to come down here just to soak it up. He wasn't there working. He was just there to enjoy the atmosphere. Rob Shahady posting some footage of the horns being honked. And, you know, and then I, I come home and 
had to come down from the high. I, I watched the replay of the game and watched all the analysis and the interviews and the post-match presses and all the interviews on Nine and on Fox. And then I listened to you guys and I was expecting some huge instant reaction. And, and then I get about about nine minutes or so or around about that, you know, because everyone was just going off. It was just such oh, a we, reaction. Yeah, you know? we, we just looked at each other and just went, you know what? Nah, <laughs> it's just not. It's just not happening. It is too loud in here. We couldn't hear ourselves think. Um, but uh, yeah, mate. Look, we just wanted to share this morning with you um, oh, just, the, so just the sheer the sheer joy of the of the of being in the grand final. And as you say, like the job's not done. We got this week. Yeah. But how yeah. how good is it that we've we've rolled all the way through to the grand final? And uh, we'll be talking plenty of footy this week. And, mate, looking forward to catching up with you on Wednesday for the um, uh, news podcast where, as – mate, it might just all be about Parramatta this week because <laughs> there's, so. there's two teams left. And... Chuck everything else out the window. Chuck it all yeah. out the window. Para full steam ahead. Hey, can I just add as well so, – I, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. Just a couple of quick observations from me. I won't go, go on too long. But – Mitchell Moses, Mitchell Moses, I know he didn't have the best game of his career, but that guy deserves the Clive Churchill medal right now because he's, his, wife, or his partner gave birth yesterday, four hours before kickoff. He watched the birth of his young daughter on his phone uh, via FaceTime. Earlier this week, his grandmother part was laid to rest at a funeral. I mean, you've got to give this guy a hell of a lot of credit. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Parathorn through. He watched the 09 grand final from the stands and was devastated. And that hunger really shone through last night. The fact that he wants to prove him wrong. Um, just absolutely insane. So, yeah. you know, you look at all the storylines. And just one other thing Jared Hayne, I don't actually, surprisingly, I don't follow him on Instagram, but last night I saw a few people resharing his post. He was so excited. He was so pumped for this team. And I'm sure we'll hear and see from. Uh, the Hayne playing this week. But it's just such an exciting moment. I can't wait to to experience the build-up. And I'm just so excited and and over the moon. I can't believe it. It's surreal. It's so surreal. There's a famous line from Brad Pitt's Moneyball, which I think translates almost beautifully to our great game. But at one point, he he stops and he says, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Uh, Which is then followed up by a, a bit of a funny, it's a metaphor, or I know it's a metaphor thing. But it after watching what the Eels have done this year, boys... How can you not love rugby week? How can you not love our great game? Because the 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 lowest lows, the highest highs, so many trials, so many tribulations, and they have stood tall when it is counted. It's insane, you know, and it is it is emotional as well. I mean, I know a lot of fans shed tears after the game. I mean, I was just very excited and overjoyed and relieved and happy. And there'll be a lot of emotion this week. I've never experienced a grand final week properly. In '09, I was a young kid. Didn't really know it. So I'm just going to really lap it up this week, spend as much time in Parramatta as I can. I spoke to Peter Wynn last night as well after the game, and, you know, he's he just can't wait. He can't wait to meet all the fans, and he can't wait to just enjoy the week. He's got plenty of stock. He's going to have special grand final T-shirts and, and merchandise. So we got to make sure that we all get around it and just lap it all up. And I, I believe grand final tickets are selling like hotcakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if you know someone that has them and, and is, wants to flip them, it's time to press those buttons because uh, we're just talking to Mitch, one of our um, fellow TCT founders, and 
he was already you know out there putting out the tendrils. If anyone's got the tickets that you know from a team that's not attending anymore, or from the team that's going to lose tonight, you know, make sure to hit up his DMs because it's going to going to be yeah. a, a tightly contested fight for him. And, oh. and and just on what you said, um, how, a shout out to Peter Wynn. Because even if you're not an eel, he'll still do you a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't score there, you'll you never, never score, score baby. <laughs> that, that's uh, it. We boy. love Peter. Boy. He's he's got his history with us. So you can mention Peter yeah, Wynn. Tremendous, score tremendous character. Anytime you want. Exactly. It's oh, unreal, mate. guys. It's unreal. And uh, well, mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning, mate. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. I'll probably talk to you before then, but we'll, you, we'll talk yep. on Wednesday. You back the, in the studio tonight, Spiro? No, I'm. Uh, I'll watch the, the game tonight from the comfort of my lounge room. I think, and I'm actually off to Brisbane tomorrow. I've received an opportunity to to uh, commentate for Papua New Guinea radio the PM's thirteen matches. So they've paid. Oh, oh wow! The, the follow up from what we saw in the uh, the mid year representative stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, so they've paid my airfare, they've paid my accommodation, and uh, I'll be heading up to Brisbane early tomorrow morning and, and back on Monday. So what and a week! I mean, for those that want to follow on with you there, mate, how can they catch you? Uh, they can catch me via Instagram, Spiro Christopoulos. Uh, but I'll, I'll uh, be forwarding on the content to sixties and and forty twenty, you guys and. And, uh, you know, if anyone wants to follow on, you can hit the boys up from CCT and they'll point you in the right direction. So, yeah, pumped. I'll be calling up the women's game and then the men's game. And I'll also be up at Suncorp for the, the uh, women's. NRLW, yep. NRLW, I can't wait. So it's going to be a great day and I'll keep you guys up to date with everything. Well done, mate. Enjoy the uh, trip to Brisbane and, and watch some watch Thank and you. call some great football. Mate, yeah, well, look, I always knew you're going to be a star of the future, but you're you're, you're probably going to the be trajectory is uh, probably next time you go to Papua New Guinea. I'm going to get mobbed. I don't know at the airport. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they love their footy, mate. They love their footy. They do. They do. And, and I've received messages from a lot of people up there. You know, last night, and they, everyone can't believe it. I'll be chatting to to a radio station there very shortly in about half an hour. So. Yeah, pumped. Looking forward to the week, guys. This is it. Possibly the greatest week of my life. I'd probably say it is the greatest week of my life. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Looking forward to catching up for your midweek, mate. Keep well. Thanks so much, yeah. guys. You guys keep well too. All right. Enjoy the reaction and, and go para. One more yeah, one more just, game. One, one more game, game baby. That's it. it. 80 more minutes. That's it. 80 more minutes. That's it. That's all that stands between us and that trophy. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Mate, you know what? How about we get Mary Kay on the phone? Haven't heard from Mary for a hot minute. It'd be good to get her takes on last night. One sec. Get, uh, once again, make sure I'm not calling. Oh, well, she actually sits between a couple of people I probably shouldn't be calling right now. <laughs> good morning. Hello, Mary. How you doing? I'm, I don't know. What am I? I'm, I'm <laughs> afraid, I think. Mate, yeah, we this is, you know, you, you had no idea that we were going to call today. We we're, have to tell you we're recording, just so you know. Um, Thank you, because uh, I was about to start with the obscenities. So I'm really <laughs> glad that you told me that. <laughs> Hang on, let me get that oh, old well, sensor button ready. <laughs> well, I, I'm actually, the funny thing, I've said to John, because uh, we posted up what we managed to record last night, and I said, John, can you do a little edit, because... I've started off with an expletive in our instant reaction, and I said I sound like Fire a truck. complete raving um, lunatic. Yeah, so, uh, but we all are a little bit. We, 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 we were firmly in are. the grip of madness last night, 100. percent 
Uh, I but, think I'm still in, in madness this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But that sort of just frenzied joy last night when the boys just stood up and delivered in that final 20 minutes when, you know, we, we've spoken to a couple of people now, Mary, but when Talangi crossed in the corner and then Val Holmes being the sharpshooter he is nails the conversion for the eight point lead, you just felt the, the, the air being let out of the balloon. But, you know, it's not, not a same old Eels. You know, they built a bit different this year and they came back and hit back almost instantly. And then from there, took the lead and never gave it back. I have never, actually never is a big word, not for a long time have I seen a Parramatta performance like that because when other people talk about the strengths of our team, it's all about getting on top early, that strong forward pack, the offloads. But that wasn't how Parramatta won last night. And in terms of the guts shown by so many members of that team, I honestly couldn't be prouder. And I know that the two of you do a 3-2-1 and I can't oh. wait to hear it. But I don't know how, how you're going to do it. I, I mean, know. Sean Lane, I mean, I, I'm mayor of Sean Lane Island. <laughs> so there's Sean Lane. But even players like Bailey Simonson, who hasn't been in the squad for a long time, mm-hmm. I thought he did an exceptional job last night. Yep. Yeah, yeah that, without question he did, Mary. It's, uh, I, I mean, it's... <sighs> I, I tell me, tell me about your roller coaster of emotions during the game because I I lost the plot by the end. I was losing the plot through the the game as we, you know, we we moan about calls that we think should have gone our way and and luck and all that sort of stuff that you do as the illogical side of your football brain as as you're trying to process what's going on. And then at the end, that it was just raw emotion. Like I was balling my eyes out. Uh, I, I I had no self control. I was just hugging strangers, and um, and yeah, and I think everyone was the same. So, talk, talk us through your emotions that roller coaster through the game. I think irrational is just such a big part of being a sports fan, and just that <laughs> self protection. So, leading into the game, I wasn't that nervous, and I wonder whether it was because I was like, we got past week two. I'm so proud of this team. The heat is going to be a big factor. I don't know if we can do it. And then I started watching them play and they start to give you that hope, right? And then when we took the lead towards the end, I've got to say that final 10 minutes was agonising. I was literally counting every single tackle. And that final minute, I remember turning to my partner, Jimmy. It was our anniversary yesterday. And honestly, (laughs) I just have to say to him... Like, he puts up with my lunacy. I turned to him, guys, and I looked him dead in the eyes and I said, if Parramatta lose this in the last minute, I just need you to know that I'm going to a very dark place. And I saw genuine fear in his eyes at that particular moment. The psychological scars that have been inflicted on on both the team and the fans across the last three or so decades are immense. And they certainly were opened up last night. But it is such a testament to how tightly knit and how tightly woven this team is that they just brought it all together. You could see even when the bounce of the ball in that final Parramatta set just took the wrong turn and went in goals. It was for all money going to go out, you know, in 10 metres in the field of play, and then it just broke the wrong way. Mitchell Moses just puts his hand up and just yells out one set. One One set set to go. Can I also say one more thing, gents, while I've got your wonderful platform? Uh, Many people would have seen that photo of me very emotional about last week. And I think a big reason for that emotion was that, you know, Brad Arthur had finally gotten this team past week two. 
And there have been so many people this year calling for Brad Arthur's head midway through the season. If those people would like to line up form an orderly <laughs> queue to provide an apology, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to hear them all. But I am so happy for Brad, and I'm also so happy for the people that have been part of this club, whether they're still there or not, over the last six or yeah, seven this years. This is the culmination of nearly a decade of hard work. Correct. Like Bernie Gurr tweeted me last night. I love listening to him on the tip sheet. But Bernie has also played such an important yep. role in this. Max Donnelly. Every single leader, administrator, fan that has been part of this process for the last seven years, you've all played a role, and, and this is for you. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, Bernie and I were texting, I don't know, it might have been after midnight sometime last <laughs> night. Um, and, you know, there is, there is st- such a big part of his heart that is, that is with the Eels. And mm-hmm. um, whenever we chat, it's always we and us, mm-hmm. and and uh, this is from a bloke who, you know, the Roosters have, have, have still got a huge part of his heart, and he's a, he, he's he'll always be a Roosters person as well. But yeah, when he's talking about Parramatta and he talks we and us, and I just think this is an example of of how people have been invested in our club, like you spoke about. That you know, it wasn't these things weren't just a job. Yeah, for people exactly. who are who are who are such, um, you know, such football people, it's it's more than that. It, it is a passion, and just to, um, you know, I've been I've been trying to put something together uh, around Brad and what you, what you mentioned because, um, I, I was trying to think what what is it I, I've I've experienced um, grand final wins before with the Eels as a supporter, so you know the the advanced age. Gives me, gives me that, benefit, that possibility. Yeah. So I've been to every grand final. I've seen all the wins as well as the losses, but I've seen the wins. So it's not like, you know, I'm seeing a win for the first time, like many people are potentially able to do. And I'll say potentially because we're, we're not there yet. But I was thinking, why am I, why am I just so emotional? And then I, re- then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm emotional because I'm seeing that we've got people in this club that it's it, it means so much to them. And for someone like Brad and his family, and his family have that connection to the club that goes mm-hmm. back to 1947. And he his and his grandmother was what the um the treasurer or the secretary of the of the Parramatta Real Supporter Club. And um, you know, and, and his father his father Ted is involved with all the junior reps coming through and you know that like They've just been there, like they're just Parramatta people to the core. Mm-hmm. And to see, uh, you mentioned before about the people that call for his head, and and you know, like if I, I just wish they, some people, I can't even begin to describe. Like when he took over at Parramatta, besides oh. the fact that it was a double wooden spoon winning team, winning right, winning team, winning, they were training promise. at Richie Beno Oval. Mm-hmm. That's what he inherited as facilities. Mm-hmm. And there weren't even dressing sheds there. Like, I mean, we're talking about, you know, like a, a $10, $12 million team, whatever the case may have been back then when we were even overspending on the team. <laughs> but they're, they're in facilities at Richie Benno Oval. And then and then to go through the salary cap drama. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and, and it, it's just... And I think back to how 
calm he was during that period and where we are now, where for the last four years we've never been out of the top eight in any week in the last four years and to the point where we're now in the grand final. And and I think that's probably why I got so emotional because I'm just thinking <laughs> it means this to me. How Imagine, much yeah, to, me, to the, the those the, guys on the inside, to those guys that have actually yeah. poured out the blood, sweat and tears and dealt with all the outside noise for nearly a decade. Yeah, it's it it is something special and that's why, you know, when when I was talking the the preview podcast sixties, this is a it may be hard to believe it given how well some of the teams like the Storm and the Panthers and the Roosters have set the bar up to unrealistic expectations. This is a golden age for the Parramatta Reels. You know, and getting to the grand final is really a validation of that theory of that proposal. And I, I know that you didn't have a chance to see it yet, sixties. But Mary, I'm not sure if you can. I want to say it must be Louis on the sideline, but he caught some footage of Reg and, and the other oh. substitutes, and just the raw, visceral moment when they're on tenterhooks watching that last stand, and you know Reg, who was so instrumental in that win, you could just see the uncertainty, the doubt, and even the fear, and then the realization that that moment when he knows that Bally Simonson has secured the ball. And it just turns into pure, unadulterated joy. Is such a special, special thing to see on camera. That hit me right in the yeah, field. That, this that, that definitely got the tears to start welling up in the eyes. It there, really <laughs> did. And RCG is is really one of my favourite players. He probably is my favourite player. To see, the I was going to say, he had who's, last got that place? who's got that place? Who's got that place? Look. Yeah, RCG is, is very special. Gutho is also really special to me because I've been a fan of his ever since he arrived at the club when he was effectively a laughing stock. Like, let's be honest, and Parramatta fans were very, very cruel to Gutho when he first arrived. And I think 60s, that plays into your point about Brad. And I think for me, why I feel so emotional for him. You talk about this being a golden age for the Eels. It has been. And in the past couple of years, we have been beaten by better teams and we have improved in the finals every single year. And for Brad to develop the players that he has, tell me one player that hasn't improved under his tenure. Look at the season that Sean Lane is having this year. We are about to lose Isaiah Papali'i because he came to Parramatta on such a small deal and his potential has just been unleashed. Mitchell Moses is even another player. Like everyone knew he was good, but to watch how his game has developed. And that's another thing that I love so much about Brad. He has developed this squad. This is his team. These are his players. And, oh, yeah, last night was just – I'm still at a loss for words. (laughs) Yeah, and another player I do want to shout out. I know he's dear to you as well, Mary. He wasn't immune from criticism for us for good stretches this year. And even early in the game, there was a missed tackle on a forward pass that had me going, damn it, damn it, damn it. But when the game was there to be won, I think Reed Marnie stood up and it was absolutely massive. And I, I don't think there's a player that perhaps channels the raw passion of playing for the Eels better than Reed does. You watch him in the post game, he's always interacting with the fans around the crowd. I know at Combank last week, he was going around and pumping him up after full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, once again, it just comes back to the idea that there is. And I know that Paul Kent and a couple other guys have been talking about there's no superstar on Parramatta's team, but I don't think it makes a difference because each of these 17 blokes are just pulling their weight and they're doing their job and they're going above and beyond. Absolutely. And it's a question that I've had over the last couple of years. I mean, typically when a team wins the premiership, they have that one star player. You look to, say, South Sydney, they've got Latrell Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Penrith, you look to the likes of Nathan Cleary. 
the storm, you look to Karen Munster. And Parramatta don't have that player. We don't have that one player. We have great players across the park. And it has been so special to see them lift. And look, I've talked about him before. Sean Lane, honestly, we are not worthy. I don't know where this has come from. I hope it continues, but it has been so special yeah. to watch him this year. We are we are so lucky, and he gave it everything he last did, yeah. night. Yeah, he had to part the field of the the HIA eye poke from um, Dylan, oh. and then I mean that that's another part we haven't spoken about at sixties. But again, much like uh, a couple other games this year uh, with the Penrith game and and whatnot, very disruptive to the interchange plan, all these HIAs and whatnot, and it meant our back rollers, both our starting back rollers were out at various times in this game, but the rest of the team picked up the slack and we saw Ice and Lane come, come back on and, you know, not, not to, it's crazy to say because Ice had a great game, but Sean Lane, like you said, Mary, is just otherworldly at this point in time and it doesn't make a difference if he's getting the ball flat or downhill. There is no defensive line that's been able to contain him. The post-contact meters are off the charts. Second phase football, offloads, everything he's doing... It's not like there's a reckless element to it. He's just in imperious touch right now. Really and and can I just, I, I've got a moment in that game, and I can't even remember who it was that he tackled, but the top, the Cowboys pushed it wide. From yeah, their off, own a kick, off a kick return, yep. yep. Yeah, and he he scrambled across and somehow reeled in one of their backs. Was it? Was it Hiku that he reeled in? I, I'm I'm trying to remember, but whoever it was, they there was a real risk that if they got around Sean Lane, that they were going to get they were going to go a long way up the field. Um, and he just somehow found the energy to to stretch those long inspector the gadget, gadget arms, arms <laughs> yes. and grab hold. Um, I, I've got I've got to ask. I mean, he's, he's a completely different type of player. But your man in two thousand and nine was Todd Lowry. Uh, that's that's I, uh, that's, that's imprinted. It, that's imprinted on my mind from back then, Mary. It's I, I just remember your love for him. Oh um, yes. Did you have Did you have t shirts printed or yes, something? That, we yeah, did. Yeah. We did. So friends and I had. We called it the Underdog Squad. So we That's had it. T-shirts of like the underdog players. So from memory, it was Joe Nolival, uh, Matt Keating, Todd Lowry. And there were a couple of other. Oh, Jeff Robson, Robert, of course, yeah. the biggest underdog of all. So yes, we, we did have those T-shirts printed. I'll, I'll share some photos this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, see now, what's interesting is that we were talking to Tim Manor before the game, and. He's like he was really confident yeah, of the win. Very confident. And, and one of the things that he said was, "This team is so much better than the 2009 team." Wow. So you imagine, like, there he is, a member of a of a, a grand final team, and saying that this team is better than the team that he was part of. And, and he basically said that year they got lucky. And mm. he said. This, mm-hmm. this team is just a stronger group of players. So, um, yeah, yeah, like a lot of humility and and that in 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 what uh, in what Tim had to say. But I thought, you know, and I'm reflecting back on it now that you're talking about the underdogs, mm. and 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 we did just have a group of players who um, managed to find that that combination, and obviously, you know, the the. Uh, our fullback of the time, Jared Hayne. We had a Hayne, star player at the time. Yeah, Philly yeah. and obviously Hayne were the the lifebeat of that team in terms of the, the pure talent. But 
they bottled lightning in, in a way we haven't really seen. But in contrast, I suppose up until this point, maybe you could have argued that like what Six is saying, this is a better team, but hadn't had maybe the momentum. But after what we did last night, maybe they're now in a similar circumstance where they've got the self-belief and the momentum to ride it all the way for 80 more minutes. Well, I really, really hope they do. And I know that we could sit here and we could talk all day. We really could. <laughs> I absolutely could and go through every player. There is one more that I'd like to just mention. And that is, uh, actually, there's two, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Will Tennessini mm-hmm. and Micah Sevo. Their defence yep. has improved in spades over the last couple of weeks. And Mike Acevo, the way he has returned from that ACL has just been incredible. But Will Penasini, I have seen such improvement in him. And I just wanted to make sure that he got a special little yeah, mention. He, he is a young pro in a game <laughs> in a game where there are a lot of big egos at a young age. He's a, a guy that seems to be very content to do his job and play his part for the team. And that's a very, very big testament to his character. Mm-hmm. Mary, um, we just caught Mitch in bed with the family and we're talking about the game with him and he's already put out the feelers, the tendrils for anyone that's got grand final tickets to send his way with a transaction, of course. Have you got your tickets booked for Sunday? Yes, I do, in fact. Um, the NRL has been working on a project to get more women to the NRL grand final, so I've been helping them out with nice. that. And they said, well, why don't you come along? So <laughs> I am going. My mum is coming with me because oh, I had to. Awesome. She's not a big, she's not a big football fan, but she's very excited for me. So, <laughs> mum and I are going. My dad is going separately. I've sent like my code to my godfather. So yeah, the, the, the mad, the mad dash now to get all the logistics and the back yeah. end fixed up. Yep, and of course, as, as exciting it is, the fact that the NRL team is in the big dance next Sunday, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't end there. Uh, no, tomorrow, it doesn't. tomorrow we have a, a very, very unique chance to get the grand final double as we look to upset the Sydney Roosters after producing our, by far and away our best performance this season last week against the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I mean, the Roosters are going to be deserved favourites. are going to be the underdogs in this one, Mary. But how confident you are that we can spring the upset if we play to our strengths? <sighs> it's going to be very, very difficult. The Roosters have been the standout team. Outstanding but- this season, yeah. Really, gentlemen, can we dare to dream? I oh, mean, really, can I, we I dare am to definitely, dream? I am definitely sipping the uh, the copium, the, the opt- optimism right now after what our, our men went through and, and what our lady showed last week. Mm-hmm. And it just, to me, it comes down to just polishing those handful of, you know, mistakes yes. and, and soft errors, denying the Roosters that easy ball and, and territory, which is really what hamstrung us in round one when we played them. They, they were clearly, a, you know, a faster team – in that game, but we hung with him. So if we can do the same tomorrow and get the ball to our key players, I mean, Taufer and Charrington, Kennedy Charrington last mm-hmm. week were just insane. Taufer going 307 metres, I think, which for any player at any level is crazy, but to do it in, in those conditions where you know you need to win by six points or more was just crazy. But yeah, I need those, those two forwards. Ash Quinlan was outstanding. We need more of that this week. It's a, uh, it's going to be a combined arms approach for sure, but you know, minimising our errors is probably going to be the key. Don't hand them easy possession, easy territory. I agree, and maybe that advice could have been given to the men's team <laughs> in the first half of last night as well. Yeah, yes. The, the first half last night, yeah. And they certainly took that advice to heart at halftime. Uh, whatever BA said at Oranges was critical because they went from a high error rate to I think either zero or one error. I think it was perfect yeah. almost in that second yeah. half. So, I mean, yeah. if, if we can secure the grand final double, it will be something incredible. And, you know, regardless of that too, I, 
the fact that the NRLW are in the position where they are now this week playing for the grand final is a testament to their character after one of the most frustrating seasons they could have had in terms of narrow losses, in terms of bunker uh, calls against Newcastle that, you know, were Oh, don't start me, mate. Don't start me. Uh, I, they they 100% deserve this shot at the big dance and they're going to leave it all on the field like the men, I hope. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Alrighty. Uh, but you know, look, uh, Mary. This this <laughs> could be this could be the the biggest week where we'll be uh, we'll be urging the the women on. I know they're not they're, again. They're up in Queensland. It's it's uh, impossible to get up there for um, for most of us. But uh, we'll be we'll be watching. We'll be urging them on. It'd be the most brilliant double that we could ever imagine. Thank you for um, being part of our our journey through uh, this season and, and previous seasons on the podcast. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll no doubt be speaking around grand final time. <laughs> I look forward to it. And can I just also reiterate one more time my thanks to you both and the whole Cumberland Throw team for the incredible work that you do. Uh, I know I've said this to you before, 60s, but the two of you are the only people that I want to listen to after a Parramatta loss. The work you do is incredible. You bring such joy to our Parramatta Reels community. So thank you and and just enjoy this week. They don't come around often. I remember being a kid, 1998, that was my first year supporting. Parramatta would always just make the finals. And I got very used to that, right? Then we got rid of Brian Smith and we're at the bottom of the ladder for like the next 15 years. I was like, gosh, I miss playing finals. So just... I just urge fans, don't take it for granted. Enjoy every moment this week because they don't come around often. And the love is mutual, Mary, for all the incredible work you do with Ladies Who League and beyond. Uh, you keep on keeping on and we'll be in touch with you down the road. I look forward to chatting with you two throughout this week. Go the Eels! <laughs> Go the mighty Eels. Enjoy it, Mary. See you later. Bye. Bye, man. Whew, mate, I tell you what, it has been wonderful touching base with some of the other blue and gold diehards that make up our, our little social sphere when it comes to supporting the Eels uh, between Mitch and Spiro and Mary and the incredible gamut of emotions that we all ran in the last 24 hours. I know we've said a lot of words in the process of the 50 or so minutes we've been recording, but even then they almost fail you, don't they? Mate, I've got one more call I want to make. Oh. Just one more. Right, because he he filled in for me when I had COVID, um, and uh, and and was part of our podcast down at Paraleagues. Can we just give a quick call to Clint, and um, and, and just get his emotions? <laughs> okay, let's see if he gets through to Clint. There we go. Dial tone's always a good start. Hey, John, how are you? Good morning, mate. You're uh, actually live on a. I'm not going to say instant reaction, a morning after reaction podcast for your tip sheet. <laughs> so uh, we're bringing you in cold, mate. How are you doing after one of the most manic nights of football we've had in a long, long time? Uh, look, I'm still in a state of uh, utter shock and disbelief, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Like I'm sure the rest of the Eels' uh, supporter base is. It's, um, it's pretty unreal. Yeah, we've just run through Mitch, Spiro and Mary Kay and – it's been absolutely wild getting their reactions. I think Mitch was still in bed with the family watching replays. Then we had uh, Spir- Spiro was groggy like we are, just absolutely bleary and, and struggling to get the words out. And then Mary was just all bubbly and energetic. Uh, we, I mean, Sixties and I have, haven't actually done the full dive into the game yet, but we've just been talking about the big moments, the, the potential heartbreaking moments 
and you know who stood oh. up and made it count. And the the one thing I keep coming back to is when Murray Talangi touched down that corner, and Val Holmes hits the the, the conversion to make it eight points. You could hear a pin drop at the league's club. It just felt you know so many fans. Oh. You could just passively almost read. You no, know, here we are again. You know it's going to well, happen again. Absolutely, you know, like I, I don't think there's an eel supporter who didn't feel like a lead balloon after that moment, <laughs> yep. and 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 um and, and accepted the what what felt like the inevitable at that point. And it's almost as though there was there was there was three players in particular that we had that just got possessed with the notion of we're not losing this game. Mm. And Sean Lane, Regan Campbell, Gillard, Clint Gutherson, take a bow. I mean, they, they they had some supporting acts, of course, but those three in particular said, we're not losing this game. Follow us. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. The the visceral emotion that Reg displayed when he scored that second try gets up and awards the try to himself and, and essentially tells Atkins, don't you dare take that off me. Yeah, you just oh. when, when when that try was scored, I'm not going to say it felt inevitable that the comeback would be completed, but you knew that this team was not going to go out without an absolutely almighty fight. Uh, you know, they weren't leaving it to the final 10 minutes to conjure up a miracle. They hit back within minutes of the Talangi try and gave themselves a legitimate platform to believe in. And then obviously Sean Lane comes to the fore with that Showtime Lakers basket pass to Mike Acebo. <laughs> and, and from there, it was just all grit. The, the defensive grit, uh, the bounce of the ball didn't favor him. The Mitchell Moses touch find of it takes an insane break to the goal line instead of going to the field of play, which yeah. I, I will admit was larger academic because it was going to be one set regardless. But starting 10 meters totally. out versus starting 20 meters out, you know. Yeah. Oh, look, at, yeah, it's, it's, it's the any given Sunday moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Game of inches. Yeah. You know, and, you know the, 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 yeah. the thing that, um, that, that sticks out in my mind, you know, two really big moments. Tend to go drink waters attacking our line, and Bailey Simonson gets um, some fingers on him just yep, enough to, just to, enough, to take, yeah. take the wind out that the cover defense could come over and finish him off. Um, Sean Lane getting fingers to the ball in the final uh, final moments to to, um, to 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 prevent the kick going in behind for uh, for Felt. Yep. You know, and, and, and Micah was caught in at that point. You know, Sean doesn't get those fingers. It's trouble. He, he felt either, yeah, it's yeah. try time. Felt either catching it on the full or is at worst case getting it on the um getting it on the bounce. And um, you know, it, it's it, it's those little moments. And yeah. this it, this was a game that really, like you you mentioned, epitomised that famous Al Pacino speech of a game of inches from any given Sunday. Just uh, you could you could just loop the highlights to the backdrop of his speech there. Absolutely. You know, you know and 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 if in um if in um. You know, eight and a half days' time, we're, 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 we're fortunate enough to be speaking from a position of winning a grand final. I dare say that montage gets created. <laughs> yep. Yeah, all, <laughs> all the famous motivational sports speeches with a supercut of all the big moments of the Paramount Reels, you better believe it's going to happen. Absolutely, mate. You know, and, you know, I'm just so ridiculously happy for, 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 for everyone, to be perfectly honest. You know, you, when, when you, anyone that's been involved with the club in any capacity for the past decade and has really been through uh, a, a lot of things, you know, the, the, the supporters who get to really enjoy this moment, you know, and uh, I, I think it's because of some of that, that, that pain and those experiences that w- we are all still in that, that state of absolute disbelief because it, it, it this type of, um, luck if you want to call it as such doesn't happen to us but mm. at the same time you know we put ourselves in a position and and said we're not losing this game you know and um 
absolute credit to, to to Brad and 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 his staff for for, for the preparation, the club for the chartered flight. Um, you know, the 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 absolute um, sheer will last night to say we're not going down. Uh, it's 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 not something that's been associated with the Parramatta team for such a long time. So to see it um, is probably a major contributing factor to that disbelief because, as, as, as you rightly said, probably, you know, that last 10 minutes or so, I think we're all holding on. Uh, I, I watched the, get, the the last 10 minutes through my fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, bracing yeah. myself for the you, inevitable. You were waiting for the other shoe to drop, weren't you? You were just waiting yeah, for the heartbreak to happen. It's a script we've seen far too often. Uh, yeah. you know, just bleeding that line. Even this year, you know, you go back to the Cronulla game in round two or round three, whatever it was, you know, very yep. very similar where we've done so well to put ourselves in a position to win. Only for and the, the Raystone penalty game. happens yep. and we've all gone here. Yeah, comes. well, you even had that, it's almost a, not not quite a mirrored instance, but Ryan Madison caught at marker, gets the yep. involved in the tackle and the penalty comes and you're like, oh no, oh yep. no. Yeah, yeah. And and it, and it just felt like it was you know uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this but I, 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 I with watching my fi- uh, the game through uh, my fingers that last 10 15 minutes I was also probably uh, holding back the need to vomit. I've been a bit cross well, this week we- and wasn't able to get down 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 there for it and you know, that was probably contributing as well but I, I think we all just had that that lump in our throat. Is this going to happen and. and uh, you know, well, the old, the old, um, the old rugby league adage of credit to the boys. <laughs> well, look, we 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 had to grab a few words with you this morning, mate, because people people might not know this, but um, you're one of those people who've been involved with the club over the years. As a young bloke, you were in the in the Jets squad. Um, you worked at the you worked at the club for a period of time. Your father, Jerry, has been a big part of the uh, junior representative. Um, staff, um, and 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 he's still involved with the club, and he's um, he's a great man, and um, he, he's certainly been a help to us over the years. So, mate, on uh, from us to you and your family, um, like what a week we've got ahead of us, and uh, and and um, yeah, I'm very pleased that we've been able to, to talk to you this morning and 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 just get your thoughts. No, thank you, gentlemen, but and appreciate the sentiments. But this 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 is something for everyone, you know. Yeah. Um. Every one of us get to enjoy this week, and you know, it's there's there's been so much collective work in building up into creating a moment and this opportunity. Let's revel in it. Let's enjoy it. Yeah. Let's go out and get it done. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. enjoy the incoming seven or eight days, ladies and gentlemen, because make I mean no fan base more than Parramatta understands how special and how rare it can be to make a grand final. But just the circumstances surrounding what this team has done, the trials and tribulations they've overcome, the brotherhood they've created is something that's truly special. Well said. Okay. Cheers, mate. Uh, catch you, gents. Catch you, Quint. Yeah. Bye. All right, Sixers. Oh. I suppose it's probably time to do a modicum of analysis on what happened yeah. last night. We've we've gone through the caucus. We've gotten all the responses from all the big hitters, all the, the key people in our football circle. Let's dive into the numbers quickly. I mean, the, the most important one, Parramatta Eels 24, North Queensland Cowboys 20. Game obviously held up in Queensland, Country Bank Stadium, Townsville, in conditions that were actually more testing than perhaps we gave credence to in the pregame. I know that Tim said that the weather... It's not like a non-factor, but it's not going to be as big a deal. But I think both teams were pushed through second, third, and maybe even fourth wins in this game. 
the Cowboys yeah, were doing it tough. So were the Eels. It, it, and that's a testament to how you know torrid the actual combat was on the ground too. Both forward packs going hammer and tongs. The backs, the opportunities weren't necessarily scintillating for them, but they were getting downhill, stepping off the left and right feet, getting back across the side in defense, asking lots of questions. For the Cowboys, it was Ruben Cotter who scored in the 11th minute, followed by Luciano Leilua, who has a knack of scoring against us. He's a bit like Jordan Rappinoe like that. Uh, but he got on the board in the 25th. That He's so hard to tackle. Yeah, he especially, especially near the goal line, just that stocky but mobile frame. Uh, well, I say stocky, he's pretty tall. He's just built like a fridge. Uh, but then, yeah, that what we thought might have been the absolute heart-crushing Murray Talangi try in the 52nd minute, that rounded out North Queensland Cowboys scoring in terms of the four-pointers. Val Holmes was two from three from the try conversions and added two penalty goals, one on half-time or one on the stroke of half-time and then one in the second half. Jason Tamwell was bin for 15, oh, sorry for 15 minutes, for 10 minutes in the 15th minute. Looking at the blue and gold boys, Will Penasini. Well, we didn't have him on our first try scorer sheet, 60s. I think I went for one of the props. I got the second try scorer there, and you went for one of the edge back rowers. But Will Penasini coming up clutch for the second week in a row. He actually did it against the Raiders too, didn't he? Uh, yes. Followed by a, a critical Reagan Campbell-Gillard double. Mike Acevo taking the lead in the 64th minute with that beautiful finish on the Sean Lane masterwork lead-up. Mitch Moses, uh, I mean, he missed the penalty goal which we actually ended up turning into six points. So that was always some big brain stuff there. But critically, it was flaws from the tee when it came to try conversions, four from four, and that being a massive difference, meaning that the Eels had to – sorry, the Eels. The Cowboys could not opt for the either the two-point field goal or the penalty goal in those final exchanges. Had to go for the four-pointer. Completely changed the psychology of that last 10 minutes. In terms of the stats, this is a game that really shows you that while predictive stats are important, and they, they often do point to the team that is going to win, they don't always tell the full story because the Parramatta Eels were behind on so many key stats in this game. Starting with, no, I want to hear these, mate. Go through them. Starting Go with possession, Cowboys up 54 to Parramatta's 46%. As you could imagine, time of possession heavily favoring the Cowboys, plus six minutes in those torrid tropical conditions, which leads us to one of the most fascinating stats of the night, 60s. After a first half where I think they completed about 60%, the Parramatta Eels rally in the second half, nearly flawless to bring their completion rate up back up to 60, 75%, sorry, 27 of 36. The Cowboys outstanding likewise, 83%, 36 of 43. Looking at all the attacking stats, heavily favoring the Cowboys here, more runs, more all-run meters, more post-contact meters, line breaks, six apiece though. Tackle breaks, 40 in the Cowboys' favor, the Parramatta's 31. Eels with a better average set distance though and more kick return meters. Average play of the ball speed. Both teams are very quick in this game. 3-3-8 for the Cowboys. 3-4-9 for the Eels. Parramatta doubling up the Cowboys and offloads. 15-7. to uh, Got through to kick defusal. Cowboys didn't let a ball bounce in this game. Eels at 77%. Uh, I think that might just be just about the Wonga Blake drop, which bizarrely, they didn't go back to the wall there. So thank you, Cowboys, for kicking to Mike Acevo all night. That worked out really well for us. In terms of defense, 60s, Parramatta, the better team on effective tackles, 88.02 for their percentage rate versus the Cowboys, 84.46. Parramatta made 61 more tackles, missed nine more, but made 15 less ineffective. And I think that's where the, the difference lies in terms of that effective tackle rate. Despite having that higher workload, the Eels rallied magnificently throughout the course of this game, made their tackles. And if they didn't make the first tackle, there was always two blokes pushing across to save the day. 
In terms of the negative stuff, Parramatta, 11 errors to the Cowboys, 6. That plays out in the completion rates that we are talking about before. The Cowboys conceded 5 penalties to Parramatta, 7. Ruck infringements, Parramatta gave away 3 to the Cowboys, 1. And that sure felt like that's what the tape was telling us. The Eels didn't get much love when it came to the uh, ruck there. Uh, although, you know, in terms of love or luck, we certainly got away. I, I won't say we got away, but the f- first try, we can talk about it shortly. But, you know, it, what goes around comes around. Uh, Eels end up using 8 interchanges and 2 HIAs to the Cowboys. 8 interchanges, 0 HIAs. Player stats, 60s, well, take your pick. I mean, there, there was just a number of key performances here. Quentin Gufferson, 20 carries, 179 metres. Uh, and then across the back line, you got 100-plus metres out of uh, Micah, Dill, and then into the forwards, Reg, 150, Junior, 150, Lane, 135, Ice, 140, Madison, 154, uh, Bailey Simonson, 122. Uh, they're, they're your big contributors when it comes to the run metres, but... In terms of the tackle breaks, a ton of players have multiple tackle breaks registered to the name. Gufferson, five. Penasini, three. Blake, two. Moses, two. Reg, three. Lane, five. Nia Kore, four. Simonson, three. You know, they're the things that add up in these torrid contests. They're the ones that drain the opposition team physically. So huge efforts there. And then in terms of tackles, what a shout-out here for Reed Marnie, who went 58 tackles. He did miss nine, but a lot of that was, like we talked about before, a function of slowing down that guy that initial guy, and letting the cover defense get there. So Reed by far and away the highest tackler on the team. But then after him, Ryan Madison, 39 tackles. Uh, you got Lane, Ice, Reg, Dylan Brown, uh, all in the 30s. Martin Corey just a tick off, 29 tackles. So what a Herculean effort across the, the full roster there, big fella. They, they really, you know, you, you talk about all those sport cliches and superlatives, but they did dig deep. They dug so deep, they went right through to the bottom of the well here to get this game secured. Yeah, it, look, it's we're going to get to the three, two, ones momentarily, and it's not going to be an easy task because there were it, it was an outstanding team performance, and, and there were still individuals to stand out in this team performance. But if you if you don't say that uh, it, there was just that desire and desperation across the entire group, then you've probably missed the main take of um, from the game because it it really was about unity in a week where there was accusations that it was a, a playing group divided. And I, I think those accusations have well and truly been answered. I, I don't think there's any point in going back over it. I've written on it um Plenty of journos have written on it. Um, plenty's been said in the in the talk shows, but you just don't get. I mean, they said last week you don't get a performance like that against the Raiders in a in a divided group. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what: when you talk about having to dig deep, you don't get that sort of um, digging into the well. But uh, you know, going through how many how many walls. Um, how many barriers physically did they have to cross? How how far past their their um, maximum effort did some players have to go? Like how how did they find that energy? We spoke to Mary about like Sean Lane with that 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 fingertip grab holding on. You spoke about Bailey Simonson as well with his his moment. Sean Lane just getting the hand out for the. Uh, the the knockdown the, mm-hmm. where the ball rebounded to Dylan Brown, it, just all these little moments. Mike Acevo, we, we 
like Micah is not known for a turn and chase. And the way that he was able to get across and just get enough of a shove onto Kyle Felt to put his get his foot onto the touchline, like all these moments where where players found that little bit of something extra in those conditions, it, you know, you have to give praise to the team, and it feels, in some ways, it feels wrong to give a three-two-one, um, but but we will get to it now. Just on some of these key moments, where we're sort of in agreement about that uh, that accusations about the the forward pass with uh, Mitch Moses for the first try. I mean, I said to you, I, I think there's an element of optical illusion. Forget in the comment, like Fatty Vorton with his coming out with that six was six metres forward. forward. Yeah. Mate, like I'm sick of dinosaur comments like that. I really am because he's he's not, I mean, he's not even, what's that adding to the commentary? Like yeah, seriously. You're literally just stirring the pot for the sake of stirring the pot, right? Look, yeah, I, yeah. I, I said to you, I, at halftime because we were watching from slightly different vantage points at the league's club, but I said after as well that I would have been happy if they didn't see called that forwards, um, you know. But in saying that, we've had a lot of calls where opposition forward passes in critical moments have been missed. I, I immediately go back to 2017 and uh, uh, down in Melbourne in that first try they scored when it was clearly a forward pass from uh, this the centre that's no longer in the game right now. Uh, but you know, they, in the touch he missed that and how backbreaking it can be. But we got one to go our way, and you know what? I, I know that Cowboys fans will be rallying against it. I understand. Because you know, the, in their in their minds, it was uh, you know six points that should have been scored. But I think the ledger was fairly evened up uh, when you factor in the that I believe Kyle Felt probably knocked on in that short dropout that led to the Cowboys' first try with Ruben Cotter, which was then followed up by Mitchell Moses getting taken out at dummy half for the Luciano Lua try. So you know, the, the, these are little moments that happen to both teams. And, oh uh, yeah, and I, and I think that first try like. When I first, when it unfolded at first, I thought, "Oh, that's gone forward," and I was ecstatic that it was allowed to go. And then when I looked at the at the replays, I thought, "You know what? That ball's pretty flat." And then I and then I I'm looking again, and I think, you know, it it almost seemed like an optical illusion that it went that it that it could have gone forward because I think the body positioning and the and the arm movement and and uh, but. When you actually look at um, release point and where it was caught, that was that was like almost completely lateral, in my in my opinion. And I, as I said, I, I I don't mind that there's uh, people have a different take on it. I'll tell you what, we got pulled up for that uh, forward pass that um, that Dylan Par Dylan Brown threw to Clint Gutherson, and that should well, have been if, that, up if that's the metric through. that passes have been held to for being forwards, then there should be a lot more forward pass calls. Oh, oh, yeah, and and we saw in the same game where uh, and it was the the that led to the kick chase. Yeah, from Cameron, where, where they were offside. Made the tackle, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the pass leading up was to it miles was forward. three to yeah. four meters forward, thrown forward out of the hands, literally like a, a gridiron pass. But anyway, the, as you said, the uh, like I I can't believe that what happened to Mitch Moses was literally ignored in terms of the um, being held at marker. And and let's face it, he would not have fallen over if he was not trying to get free, the, free the himself player from, from the, yeah. free, free, like he was trying to get back into position. He had every right to and be what, demanding. What, what blows my mind is that 
you'll have the bunker look at that in terms of black and white and show no interpretation because, you know, they're not going to ruin Mitch being taken out by any degree. But then you have our challenge, or rather the Cowboys challenge, sorry, or well, even our challenge too, but the Cowboys challenge where they can like almost be mind readers on Junior Barlow, who wasn't even the player that was infringing in that particular incident. It was uh, might have been ice coming back through the ruck. And instead I, know, I think it was Oregon. Oregon, sorry, Oregon coming back through the ruck. And instead they're saying that you know, the Cowboys won the tackle and, you know, Junior is, you know, in, uh, impacted the play of the ball and it's like uh, okay so if you can call that you could call Mitchell Moses being impacted so and look yeah. it, 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 likewise I freely acknowledge here that the Cowboys fans will be looking at this game under a, a microscope of their you know coloured by the lens of their team's colours with all these other incidents that gone against them in the flip side so it's just one of those games when the, the two teams and I do want to credit the Cowboys here except for Kyle Felt who I thought was a monster grub in this game but outside that, I thought that these two teams left it all on the field. The Cowboys were tremendous in defeat. They were valiant. They were courageous. They were gutsy. Uh, they're a young team, an inexperienced team that I, I don't think they're a flash in the pan. I think that Todd Payton is very similar to Brad Arthur as a head coach. And in that light, I also want to shout out his post-match press conference, which uh, I don't know if you've seen 60s, but it, it is very emotional. It's very raw. Uh, but at no point does he try and take the easy route out and, and you know point to any number of, you know I say, quote-unquote, controversial calls, but any of those borderline calls that could have gone either way uh, as an excuse. He, he is, I think, going to be a, a very good custodian for that franchise moving forwards. Yeah, no, I most certainly did. In fact, I made mention of it out there on social media. I, I created a couple of posts on uh, Twitter and Instagram um, uh, congratulating uh, Todd Payton on on and what he had to say. That, so that's what makes me think they're not going to be a flash in the pan because they didn't reach for the easy excuses. They they looked back on the season that you know they maybe overachieved or probably overachieved in terms of how young their roster was and where they're coming from. But you know the they're a franchise that looks like they're going to be built on hard work, on being fit, on wanting it more than their opposition. That's usually a pretty good recipe for long term success. Well, look, the Eels have. Uh, and and maybe there'll be a bit of a burn about about this loss. And there's um, the preseason is it, like it is a long grind, and then you've got a long season that comes on the back of that. But Parramatta last year we had the real burn after that loss to the Penrith Panthers yeah, under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And but you know the I said it's a long season, and I think basically what happened this year is that, you know, I think it was when the finish line has been in sight, that's when Parramatta's clicked into gear. We've sort of been up and down a little bit throughout the year. And uh, although never losing two in a row, we've had that. It's, it's almost like that that defeat here and there caused the team to re- refocus each time. Mm-hmm. But now that we've got right to the end, that... I know those we spoke earlier, those players who are departing, it's like it's sharpened their focus. This is without a doubt. We're 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 right at the end of our journey with Parramatta and we we wanna be um leaving with the best possible memories that we can. You saw the emotion in Reed Marnie uh, in the in his post match comments on camera. Um he spoke about the 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 times through the week where he's been reflecting on on what's happened and what is going to happen, and and you can see that 
this is a, a journey that they're on with Parramatta that means something to them. And the job's not done. And I think that's going to continue to sharpen the focus. Um, you know, there's... I spoke in the, the podcast through the week about how back in 76, getting to the grand final meant so much to the fans and that even after losing the grand final that we were singing and um, after the game and I travelled on supporter bus um, coming back from the Sydney Cricket Ground because I was only um, a teenager then and and I was stunned and yet still happy and uh, and and was singing in the bus along with everyone else that was that was uh, there, um, but I don't. And whilst there was the the joy, the unbridled joy last night of getting into the grand final, I think for the players that's just not enough. It really isn't. You can see that they are focused. They they you know the it was a when they went into the dressing sheds for those chats. You can see there were. Like the players, although they'd enjoyed the team song, you could see there was like that. They were subdued. They weren't. Um, they weren't. It, it was like you know what? Okay, there's there's there is this job still to yeah, be done. Job not done. One more game. Just like those mantras, right? Jobs not done. One more game. Eighty more minutes. Just running through the head over and over and over. That 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 is really the feel that's coming out of his squad now, isn't it? That. They've gone further than anyone expected, them to, or not anyone, than a lot of the critics expected them to. Uh, you know, for all the talk about you know this being the last dance for them, and and the fact that the window's closing, they've put it aside, and that they've just carried on with what they need to do each and every yeah. game. Ever since that South Sydney loss, even they lost the Penrith in the week one of the finals. You know, we were right in that with prior to the Mitchell Moses concussion, and knowing what we know now, two weeks later with how good this team is playing to their strengths, regardless if it's Penrith or South Sydney next week, and we're going to find out, obviously, later tonight, they're going to just play to their strengths. And, you know, obviously you're going to key in on what your opposition can do too, but, you know, it's going to be getting the ball to Sean Lane and getting Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses running the ball, getting Quinton Gufferson backing up, getting your forwards rolling over the A-line with Reed Marnie. You know, they know how to win these games. And yeah. They, they know, like you said, in that dressing room, they celebrated, but it wasn't their grand final. And yes. that, that, that is critical because I think in the past, you know, you you can let the emotion, emotion is everything in these games now. When you're the final four teams left in the competition, you know that you're good enough. You know, even if you've gotten there as an outlier, you know that you can string it together for 160 minutes, you're good enough. What separates these teams is how they can harness that emotion. And the Parramatta Eels, to me, look like a team that is in command. They're, they're in, in control of their emotional spectrum they're channeling that energy positively. Even when things are tough, they know that they've got it in them to dig deep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I did want to touch on on one thing that was in the game that was, to me, a sliding door moment, and, uh, and I'm going to relate it back to uh, 2020. So where... Um, got Mitch Moses kicking for that penalty goal. He misses. And we end up with the six-pointer instead of the two points. Mm -hmm. Instead of drawing level and trying to work the play back from a a Cowboys kickoff with the scores level, we're four points up and it's the final 
score for the for the match. Now, go back to that South finals match at Com at uh, well, it was Bank West back then. Back then, yes. The the his kick for goal for us to uh, I think that was to draw level again. Strikes the post, rebounds to South Sydney. They go the length of the field off that rebound and score, and the match is gone from that point. It's, I think it's quite interesting that those those two missed kicks, yeah, I mean, we, at, at similarly we, crucial yep. times, delivered completely match turning um, results and uh, one that worked. Against Parramatta, one that worked for Parramatta. And this is why the theatre of sports is unparalleled because you can talk about Hollywood scripts and the, you know those feel-good sports movies and whatnot, but when it comes to the real world and you have these incredible reoccurrences you know, across multiple years where Mitchell Moses strikes the ball that much differently from almost the same spot and one hits the post and comes back as an eight-point swing the other hits the post or eight points we against us. One comes back and, and misses, but we turn it into a the six point try. Like, how do you even like make that up? Like, it'd be so unbelievable if you put it into a script for a movie or a play or anything like that. And yet we see this in real life. Like uh, callbacks that would be called cheesy and impossible in Hollywood here in real life, and it is just incredible that the same players are involved and the Eels rose to the occasion. Uh, you know, exercising these demons that have been with them, not just for this team, but for this franchise for a long time. And I'm not counting my chickens. There's one more game to be played, but what they've done this year is nothing short of incredible. Yeah. So now, mate, let's. This has been a another epic podcast. So let's get to the three, two, one because uh, it'll be interesting to see oh. how people respond with their own three, oh, two, ones. I, I am lot. very keen to hear people in the comments drop their three, two, ones as well because there, there are obviously some core players here that had incredible gains but this is a game where there were some unsung not unsung but uh heroes that might have caught other people's eyes in key moments that'd be worthy of the one and two points perhaps yeah so um the my three i can't go past sean lane oh i because and and just a there were just too many key moments that he was involved yeah in. it is it is a very mean marker that doesn't give Sean Lane the three points. But by the same token, I look at Reg and and I think he was every bit as talismanic as as Sean in those big moments. And together, they just elevated the Eels in that second half. So I'll give my three points to Reg, but by this, like, I, I'm not going to say the slimmest of margins. It is a, a 3A, 3B situation here. Yeah, well, that you've preempted my two points because it goes my two points. <laughs> And uh, I think I have agreement there in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Samuel uh, triumphantly supporting his agreement of uh, the the two splits there on Lane and Reg. So I'm assuming then that um, you're now jumping in yeah, with, with Sean with, Lane for the, the two. The towering back rower himself. He just continues to impress, and that is just absurd saying it given how well he's played this year. But. The, the moments are never too big for Sean Lane in 2022. He obviously looms up as a key man next week. Uh, and without a doubt, he's going to be the one of the players that, whether it's the Rabbitohs or the Panthers, they're keying into on their video. But if they do, I'm not sure if it's going to make a difference because the, we've, we've seen this year, the only thing that stops Sean Lane from being a factor is Parramatta itself. 
like against Penrith in week one of the finals when we just didn't get the ball to him. Regardless of whether he got good ball, flat ball, poor ball this game against the Cowboys, he just turns it into an advantage. So, yeah, absolutely incredible player. Uh, barring injury, and I'm, I'm, I am knocking on this beautiful oak desk that I've got in front of me here, uh, he is an absolute shoo-in for the Rugby League World Cup for Australia. Uh, career year, one of the – I don't know how it's going to be documented, but one of the better back rower years we've seen in a long time. That's saying something given the company he shared this year with the likes of his own teammate, Zai Papali'i. Uh, then you've got Viliami Kikau, young Nanai from the Cowboys, who he took on in this game. The field has been stacked this year, and he has been the best of them. Well, I think the interesting thing with him is you mentioned there that he's had uh, uh, just a brilliant season. But I'm going to take it a step further. I actually think that not only has it been a brilliant season, but if anything, the momentum of his form has built through the season to the point where, like, this is why I couldn't go past him for the three points because, to me, his moments were match-defining in this game. They they just were. That, that so, is fair. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling for the words here, but th- that is probably perhaps the reason why I also I went for Reg because the energy and the emotion when he scored that second try and he got up and just point, like he literally awarded the try himself. And I think there was some choice words there too, if you if you can read lips. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that just seemed like a galvanizing moment. Was it moment. like award the friggin' try? Yeah, I think it was. That? He was daring uh, Atkins to take it off him. I think in in um, very yeah. polite terms, but yeah, that yeah. that just stood out to me as such a galvanizing moment and between he and Lane. You know, I think it's it's unfair to the other places to say they put the team on their back, but they were lightning rods. And you know, once again, it comes back to the. This whole discussion, the Eels don't have superstars, but they've got some super players that might not be in in the wider eyes superstars, but geez, they are finding these moments with these players. Yeah. Now let's this, this is where it gets tough for the one point. And it doesn't get tough because we're struggling to find someone. Mm. I think it's got it's tough because there's so many people to put their hand yeah. up. Let me the my main contenders here, the King, Gutho. Um, Mitch Moses because you know like the circumstances around his involvement were just extraordinary. I, I do want to talk uh, about Mitch as well mate because everyone's going to not everyone but a lot of the creeks will zero in on the back to back kickouts in the full and fair enough because they were bad errors but in a way those errors and then what were followed in the next 40 minutes were the perfect microcosm of what he has become at Parramatta because Mitch Moses Pre-2018, I want to say. Even when he was with Eels in his first year. He has those back-to-back lapses. And you just know that he's not necessarily falling apart, but he's going to then over, you know, overplay his hand trying to get back into the game. He just doubled down on his fundamentals. Got back to the game plan and put the Eels in a position to win that game. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's he's in there in the mix. Reed Marnie, we, we spoke about that about Reed when we were speaking with Mary mm-hmm. and um, he's more than in the mix. He's, he's hitting his best form of the season at the right end of the season. Junior part of really laying the, the, the platform there. Um, Ice, just consistent workhorse numbers that he's got. Uh, Matto, like it just jumps out with that, his, uh, baseball. His, his involvements mm. that, that ball for Reg's try was 
was just sublime. Uh, you know, much the same as his his ball for junior the week before. And I Murata think must what, be uh, queuing up next sure. week, saying, "Come on, hit me up, hit me up." Yeah, yeah that I mean that that's obviously why you you saw Townsend coming in to lend a hand to tackle Paulo when he had Paulo running, looked like he was going to run off yes. uh, Matto for that, that try. And, of course, Matto bypasses Paulo. The ball lands in uh, Reg's hands. Uh, Townsend's moved off his what should have been his assignment. Uh, the the passage is there. there. There was no way they were going to stop Reg from that distance. So uh, Matto was a key contributor there. Um, Bailey Simonson look, comes yeah, in. That, Huge, yeah. huge spot the field. Tom Opacic has been so reliable for us. Uh, you know, up up in the Queensland conditions where there was not much footing. That, that's something we didn't speak about. The turf was terrible in this game. It was just getting torn up with ease. Lots yeah. of bad footing there. Uh, you know, Bailey just kept trucking. Defensively, he just kept coming at him. Offensively, he worked his um, backside off and did everything you could ask a guy working in relief in the centres to do. Yeah, um, so... So many contenders, but look, I I can find a reason for every single one of yep. them. But forced to go for one today, I've, I've probably got to go for Gutho. Yeah, because... gun, gun to the head, captain's knock. Some of those kicks that he was fielding in the first half, the pickups were ridiculous considering the greasy conditions and the the, the really you know problems we had with the foot uh, the footing. Sorry, and he was just picking them up off his ankles, uh, worked tirelessly through the ruck was backing up constantly. This was the quintessential Quinton Gufferson game. You know, this is Guffo at his best. And once again, it is no surprise that Guffo at his best means the team is just whirring and, and digging deep and fighting hard. So I, I yeah. do I do think that both, I mean, there's this a whole stack of plays you just mentioned, but I think that uh, Reid Money and Ryan Madison were right, right on his heels there for points and could have easily gotten those points in any other game. But, you know, the the fact that he 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 responded the way he did as a captain, uh, you know, lifted his boys, uh, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, we 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 now look to the week ahead. Um, we know it's going to be so full on um, for the for the team. It's going to be full on for the Cumberland throw. Yeah. Like, let's this this let's, upcoming week is going to be absolutely manic for us. It's going to be crazy. So. Um, look, people, stand by any any news that we have around um, live sites. The the club will have uh, the Parramatta Leagues Club. I mean, it, it's it's the home of the Eels. You know, it's been our home post match all through the season. Um, they are incredible supporters of uh, Parramatta football from the Junior Rugby League all the way through to the NRL, and um, they they've been looking for plan uh, they've been planning around what's going to happen and um there will be big announcements during the week this week so stand by they'll get it out we'll get it out on their behalf as well um mate uh what can i say <laughs> yeah it's um so you know, up, enjoy it so good so just, good all up just bask uh, in the blue and golden glow of making yeah. our first grand final since 2009 believe in the team that has defied all their critics, all their detractors, when you know the, the deck has been stacked against them with all the outside noise and all the bullshit that has been you know perpetrated and flung against them, they have just closed ranks and played their best football. And all that's left now is 80 minutes of their finest. 
leave it all out there. And, I mean, not only do you grab a slice of football immortality because you are the team that breaks the drought, but it would be the fitting send-off for an absolute brotherhood for a group of players that have just grown so tightly together that they are family. Yeah. So, uh, and and to all of you out there, um, all everyone that listens to the podcast, the people that send those, um, you know, s- such kind messages to us about uh, what we uh, try to, uh, what we try to do is in this podcast and cover is all things Parramatta Reels. Uh, the people that come and introduce themselves to us at, at Parramatta Leagues Club, it, it's, you know, we, the, the joy that you give us in um, in offering this support it's it's difficult to put into words, but just know that it's so appreciated, mm-hmm. and um, you know we're we're really humbled by everything that happens ar- around the support that we get for the Cumberland throw and 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 for and for what we do. So thank you. Um, it's going to be another record breaking year for us in terms of site visits. We we shot past 650,000 site visits last year, which was a, a record by a long way. And amazingly, we're going to bust that again this year. Like It's just it's just incredible. We're so far ahead of last year's figures. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to think we're going to go well past the 700,000 mark this year. So, uh, again, thank you. Um, stick around for um, this next week and the week after because – it, it's it's going to be an amazing time to be an Eels supporter. So, yes, mate, the only thing I can say is go, you Eels. Yeah, as always, thanks for stopping by. Of course, the NRLW are in action tomorrow. We give them the very best loyal love and hope with them as they look to take down the Roosters and book what would be an amazing uh, club double in the grand final next week. So all our hopes and prayers go to the NRLW tomorrow. Make sure to tune in. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys in the next episode.